Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 57 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and here today, as always, is Radio Jake. It's Jake Slobodnik. Radio Jake, what's going on? I love how my nickname is taking off. It's, uh, (laughs) oh, not much is happening, both on the field and in my personal life. Uh, just, uh, Enjoyed a nice afternoon at the bar with my buddies watching opening day. And then after this, I'm going to go watch the Mets game with uh, the same group of people. So just a day full of baseball, man. How's things with you? That's great. And um, similarly, just a nice relaxing day watching some opening day baseball. Um, Today for the Pirates, though, not great. But I guess we can begin with the big news of the day. And the pretty great news of the day, although it was a little dampered after watching the game itself, but Brian Hayes signed an extension with the Pirates, eight years, $70 million with an option, a club option, I believe, on the ninth year. And uh, although he left today's game with an injury, which doesn't look too bad right now, they're saying it's a left forearm spasm which i'm no doctor but i've never heard of anything quite like that at all at least it's on the left arm rather than his throwing arm the right arm so i guess that's a positive but it doesn't seem too crazy but that aside cabrian hayes is here to stay in the steel city pittsburgh jake what are your initial thoughts well it's good to see that we're extending somebody at least after months and months of you know, wondering if they were even going to pull the trigger on anybody. Uh, it caught me by surprise when it happened, but I like the move. Um, it's a very low, low cost move for the Pirates, that is. And we all know how the Pirates love to save a buck. And after doing some calculations, I think it's, uh, comes out to be 878.75 mil per year, which isn't bad at all, really. Um, and with that option for the ninth year, I think that's going to set up Hayes for a long time. Um, his injury today though, just kind of proves my thinking at least like, why did we go after him instead of Reynolds first? And yeah, I got to hand it to my buddy, Matt, cause he kind of like put it in the, in the light, in the light for me a little bit more on why they picked Hayes instead. I mean, Reynolds is 27. Hayes is 25, I believe. So, um, I mean, mm-hmm. he's got more time in the, you know, ahead of him and, uh, Key Brian was actually, you know, he was poised to be this big star, whereas Reynolds was more of a luxury guy when he came over in the McCutcheon trade, and he just sort of blossomed. So it's like you don't really know how to handle that. Um, but 
personally, ju- just judging the fact that he, Brian, can never stay healthy. And you know, I, I give all the credit in the world to him. He's done great, and he's you know, he's a good ball player. But the fact that he can't stay healthy and we chose to extend him is uh, a little shocking to me. Um, people were shocked to see that that Hayes even took the deal. They were saying that the Pirates scammed him and fleeced him, that his agent should be fired. I'm going to put this right now in perspective. Nobody got scammed. His agent is doing good. If anything, he's lucky he got an extension because um, with his injury last year, keeping him out for a significant time, you know, he still has to prove himself. And I, I mean, who's to say they can't restructure the contract down the road if he does very well? You know, it's not like he, I don't know what they were, like what they were, what people were expecting if he, Hayes was going to get offered this, like, I don't know, nine figure contracts for barely any time spent in the major leagues. Sure, he's a good player, but he's got to prove himself. And he knows that his, his father, Charlie, probably knows that. And uh, his agent knows that too. So I think it was a safe deal on both ends. Um, I just, I, it doesn't sit right with me that we chose him first over Reynolds, and I don't know how it's going to go. We let Reynolds go to arbitration. Meanwhile, Reynolds has proven that he's a good player, but yet we extend Hayes, who is hurt, and I, I mean, it, we haven't seen his full his full potential yet. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it makes somewhat sense to me, but for the most part, it really doesn't. But if I have to give a solid opinion on it, I I, I, I am a fan of the move. I'm glad we locked up Hayes for a long time to come. Yeah, I mean, I that's where I'm at. I'm just glad that they extended someone, and I'm happy that it's Hayes. Uh, I still, I do believe that Hayes has a very high ceiling, and these nagging injuries are, they're just really annoying. And like I said, hopefully today's injury isn't serious at all, and it sucks because it kind of sheds a light. If he doesn't get injured today, we have a totally different tone on how this deal looks. I, I'm trying my best to kind of, look past that but I just I don't think it has to be an either or thing between him and Reynolds um like you said Reynolds is a little farther along and you know the the Pirates do this this is what they do they lock up who they can when they can to pretty small figures and I know I know Hayes I mean 70 million dollars it should be said I buried the lead this is the biggest contract in Pittsburgh Pirates history, which in itself is pathetic, but it is what it is. It is the new biggest contract ever. I can stop uh, talking about Jason Kendall, thank God. But $70 million is not, it's not a lot of money, especially for a player I think that Hayes could be. I don't think he got fleeced either, though. You know, I think... You know, maybe in two years, if Hayes is an all-star and he's a five-win player and he figures it out and the health is fine, this very well could be looked at as a contract down the road where we think, wow, the Pirates really did make out well here. But on the other hand, it could definitely be definitely be a contract in which Hayes is kind of injured here and there. Maybe he doesn't figure out how to hit consistently, and maybe he's just a solid third baseman and that's it. And we kind of look at it as a good deal for him. That's why, I mean, anytime there's a deal this early into someone's career, it's a risk on both, both ends for the player. They could be better than it. And for the team not work out, but overall, I'm just happy to see it happen. Uh, At least now there's one player that fans can look at and say, all right, this is, 
the anchor of the core. This is the guy that's going to be here for a long time. They don't have to worry about arbitration with him, arbitrational hearings with him, stuff that they are going through with, with Reynolds right now. They don't have to worry about that. So it's nice. Overall, I'm happy with the deal. I think it's pretty team-friendly, to be honest. I mean, I might be optimistic in what I think Hayes can do. I think Hayes is going to be an all-star at some point. And just based on his defense alone, if he hits a little bit, he's going to be an all-star. So I think uh, I think it's a solid deal. I'm I'm just hoping and praying, though, that this little injury today that took him out of the game, I'm hoping it's not serious as they say it's not and i'm hoping that i'm hoping that he plays saturday to be honest the pirates are off tomorrow after today's loss i'm hoping he plays saturday i'll feel a lot better and uh i really i'll start to worry if they have to put him on the il that that would just be awful in my opinion but um overall zoom back big picture view um I'm thrilled that they got this deal done. And I'm surprised because one last little thing here about this is it's funny. The Pirates have been trying to get a deal done with Hayes for a few seasons now. And it just makes me wonder if they settled on eight years, 70 million, what was the Pirates initial offer? It had to be something like seven years, 30 million, something like that. Something crazy low. But uh, Hayes, Hayes ends up seven years, 80 million. It'll buy out a few years of free agency. This contract will take him until he's in his early 30s. And I mean, once again, good for him. He's locked up, but the Pirates locked up his prime years. So I hate to say kudos for the Pirates for saving money because that's, that's all they ever want to do. Honestly, I kind of hope that the <laughs> that the number was higher for Hayes' sake, but I guess kudos for the Pirates for inking in yet another team-friendly deal, in my opinion. But also kudos to Hayes for, you know, getting his bag as well. I, I'm also interested to, to know what the previous offers were. Could you imagine if they offered something where the dollar amount was higher than uh, – I mean, I mean the – it wasn't like 870. It was more like uh, – Maybe five, maybe five seventy or something like that, where the dollar amount is just way more than it actually should be. If it is, or if it was, that like that speaks a lot about Hayes and who he who he is as a person. He knows, like, hey, I could have secured a big bag, a bigger bag than I have, but I know based on my performance and string of hit, of injuries, I, I didn't deserve that. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I doubt that happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, trust me, I doubt that too. Wishing one hand shit in the other, but at the same time, like, could you just imagine for a brief second? But I mean, this is uh, yeah. this is living proof of just of pirates being a cursed freaking franchise. Like, it, literally hours after this deal is reached, Hayes leaves the game in the first freaking inning with a yeah. with a, at first what is reported as a thumb injury, and now whatever string of words that you said to describe or as uh, right. pirates described it. Um, it's just really unfortunate. And I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like if this continues, we're going to look back on this and say, you know, this was, you know, fan, there's going to be some fan backlash if this sort of thing continues. And 
the pirates may never ever we may never see in another extension again unless oh my god <laughs> just imagine hey it took 22 years for kendall and the first extension <laughs> that they agreed to after that he gets hurt in the first inning after that and so i'm gonna say like, too I don't know if you remember in his first at bat, I there was a pitch that Adam Wainwright threw it was a fastball up and in, and it was a little bit close to clipping his hands. Yeah, and, got, and I was like, "Oh crap, here we go!" I was, and in my head, I was watching it. I was just like, "Man, just imagine if if that pitch hit him in the hands and he got a broken finger or something." Luckily, that didn't happen. But little did I know, about twelve minutes later, he's leaving the game with with a thumb cramp or whatever. Whatever it was, just just let him play Saturday, please, please. That just my Pirates fans are tortured enough. We hate the fact that we got shelled nine nothing on opening day. Please, for the love of God, let the guy that we just extended play. I don't care if his arm's a bloody stump or something like that. Just just let the guy play. I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah, so, man. yeah. Um, I guess I guess that that could be a nice little transition here into. Into the game itself, um, yeah, pretty awful. The day the day started nicely with the announcement of the Hayes extension, and it was all downhill from there. The Pirates just got absolutely crushed, nine to nothing. I know the Cardinals kind of extended the lead in the eighth from five nothing to nine nothing to make it look worse than it was, but it was bad. The Pirates never had a chance. I actually put together. <laughs> I put together a little list here of all of the things they did terribly in this game, of all of the things that bad teams do. I'm just going to run through it real quick. Um, bottom of the first, obviously. 26 pitches from Brubaker. Hayes gets hurt. Park can't field that ground ball, one nothing. Top of the second, Kevin Newman strikes out. Or no, sorry, Cool Tucker strikes out. Kevin Newman thrown out at second, inning, inning, uh Strike him out, throw him out, double play. Bottom second, give up a three-run shot. That's game. After a two-out walk, once again, Pirates pitching nibbling is back where they just are afraid. They're so afraid to go after hitters after they get out ahead with two strikes. I don't understand it. They get up 0-2, then it's nibble, 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 easy take, easy take, easy take, 3-2, and then nothing good happens when the count's 3-2. So that happened. Uh, Newman, <laughs> Newman in the third inning botched an Albert Pujols slow ground ball that, you know, I don't say this often, but I'm confident that I could have fielded that ground ball and had enough time to throw out Albert Pujols, who probably runs slower than me. Uh, that happened. Top of the fourth, Newman, inning, inning, double play. He grounds into his men on first and third and one out. Will Crow threw the ball at an umpire, and Aaron Fletcher happened. So there's my list of, of what happened in this game. Surprised you didn't run out of ink for all the bullshit that went on in the game. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Let's start with the first part, and that was Brubaker and his ineptness and the fact that the Pirates pitchers just don't go after any hitters. It's, just, I, it's infuriating. And it's not just Brubaker, too. It was Crow. Uh, I guess Underwood is exempt from this because he threw what three pitches. Um, yeah. Hembry did it. Stratton, I think, went after hitters more, and then Fletcher. Stratton had a Fletcher. nice clean inning. He did. He was the only positive pitching wise. The Pirates walked seven hitters. All right. Uh, yeah, and Brubaker walked three of them. Crow, I'll, I'll give Crow some credit. Two scoreless and 
three strikeouts. He looked all right, but still, he, <laughs> if this was a Will Crow start, we would be saying the same thing we said all of last season. Two innings pitched, 40-plus pitches, takes him an hour to pitch those innings. But out of the bullpen, it's a little different, and I thought he was solid. But, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, I thought Crow, I thought Crow was good out of the bullpen. I mean, two, two scoreless innings, two perfect innings. Oh, hitless innings, excuse me. He did throw two walks, but I thought he looked solid out of the pen. Um, I know he turned my head a little bit. Um, but I mean, hey, Jordan Hicks moved up to a starter role. Maybe Chris Stratton can do the same, uh, especially with Brubaker and his ineptness. Um, but yeah, it's so weird because you see, you would see them go 0-2, maybe 1-2 here and there. But then one thing I noticed is they would attack the, especially on right-handed hitters, they would attack the opposing batter's box with such breaking shit that didn't even start close to the zone. And it's like just the easiest of takes. Yes. And like, how do you think, like, if you think that the hitters are going to be fooled, especially the Cardinals lineup, like you might be able to get away with it. I'm trying to think of a team, maybe the Reds lineup, if you think about it, but the Cardinals, this team that's, that's projected to win the division you think you're going to get them to chase an easy outside pitch, especially to guys like Tyler O'Neill, Pujols, who's been around the game for pretty much longer than I've been alive. Um, like, there's just no fooling there. It was a very easy game for this Cardinal offense. And it just infuriates me because you could tell Brubaker was frustrated. And I, I don't know where, I, I mean, I guess I can say, I don't know where to place the blame. Is it Oscar Marine not working with these pitchers well? Is it Roberto Perez not calling the right pitches? Is it Marine call, not calling the right pitches that Perez in turn has to relay to the pitcher? Or is JT Brubaker just that sucky of a pitcher? We don't – that's the worst part is like you can't place blame on a single person. So I guess we can just cloud them all in because they're all – they all suck today. Like Perez, he did not look like his spring training self defensively or offensively. I mean offensively he had a hit and – that was complete opposite from spring, but he also, he couldn't throw out, I forget who was stealing. Um, oh, it was Goldschmidt, I think it was. He didn't even attempt to throw. Like, this team, you would, you wouldn't even think that this is the same team that we saw in spring. Like, it makes no sense to me, especially his pitching. Like, Brubaker looked okay in spring training, and then you come in an opening day, and it's just, it just all unravels, and it's infuriating because you know this team, could have potential, maybe not to win the entire thing, but at least make a flipping effort out of it. And they didn't even do that today. They made aged Adam Wainwright look like Cy Young in his second coming. It makes yeah. it makes no sense to me, Nate. I can't pinpoint where to place the blame on this team. And I, I'm so tired of watching our starters who are projected to do well suck. There, there's just no there's no other way I can put it. Yeah, I mean they definitely struggled, and obviously it is just one game, so we can't we can't fly quite quite off the handle yet. But it is frustrating as hell watching forty year old Adam Wainwright just carve up for the nine hundredth time in his career the Pirates. And you look at him, Adam Wainwright, who I don't even know if he can throw ninety miles an hour anymore. Six innings, five hits, six strikeouts. Zero walks, only 80 pitches. If this wasn't opening day, he was probably going seven or eight innings. Uh, and just, I guess that's the thing. There's this unspoken rhythm about pitching that you just, you kind of, you kind of understand it when you're seeing it. And even if you, if you've played the game before, 
and you've pitched, there's just, there's just this rhythm of, you know, you get in a rhythm, you throw strikes, you get weak contact, you keep the game moving along, hitter after hitter, stress thing, or you, you get in some stress innings sometimes, but it's not the end of the world. Adam Wainwright just looked so comfortable out there and he did get in a few jams, but he was able to just easily get out of them with three double plays from the Cardinals defensively, which classic. But he just he looked so comfortable. He was just lightly playing a game of catch with Yadier Molina for the nine billionth time together in their career. Um, he just he wasn't that impressive, but he still struck out six Pirates. Pirates lineup. I mean, looking at it, just Kevin Newman hitting fifth is just that's. Yeah, I don't even have any words for it. There's really nothing to say other than how pathetic that is. And then five through nine in general, Newman, Tucker, Gamble, Perez, Park. It's just it doesn't get worse than that. But yeah, Wainwright looked, Wainwright looked so comfortable, as did the rest of their bullpen. I guess in the eighth, uh, Cabrera, Genesis Cabrera, he he kind of walked two to start the inning, but then he settled in, got through it, scoreless inning. The Pirates just offensively couldn't do anything at all. And Adam Wainwright now has 32 straight scoreless innings against the Pirates, and that's the second longest streak ever, they said, against the Pirates. The first was Phil Necro, the knuckleballer. But, yeah, just incredible. The it, it just it goes to show that in this game, and once again, just one game, Cardinals looked like a solid major league team, which they are. The Cardinals are not some freaking, you know, Death Star baseball team. They're a, they're a solid B, I would say, as far as teams go. They're just good. They're not great at anything, but they just made the Pirates look so small and so bad in this game. And the Pirates definitely bit themselves. Um, they definitely made some mistakes. But Cardinals just didn't do anything wrong. They just played a sound game, and that's why they were able to win nine nothing. I also want to—I I do want to circle back to that lineup a little bit. I, I remember Derek Shelton talking at the beginning of the game about using what was it like analysis, some sort of type type of analysis or uh, metrics or something like he was really given some sabermetric-y type response. Well, Derek, let me ask you something. This lineup today—did that really prove your statement true? He looked up and down. Vogelback struck out, left two on base. He went 0 for 3. You bring in Michael Chavis, who went 0 for 1, stranded two as well. I can't fault Reynolds, can't fault Castillo, and I can't fault Yoshi. Yoshi, my king, went two for three on the day. I'll gladly yeah. take that. Um, but yeah, batting Newman fifth, but Vogelback first. Ooh. Is, are we back playing the Neil Huntington's 10,000 simulations game again where <laughs> he went with the one guess that was actually going to work out and it just completely came back to bite him? Because I'm oh, yeah. seeing that right now. I'll give credit to Roberto Perez and Hoy Park for generating some type of offense at the bottom of the lineup. Two hits and a walk. That's not bad, for, especially since the Bi- Pirates' bottom of the lineup has sucked over the past few years. But it, this is this can't go on anymore. Like. Shelton needs to just take it back to square one, fit the lineup that perfectly makes it. No, no analytics involved, no metrics involved. Just feel the best possible team. Vogelback could be a resourceful DH. I'm not going to lie. And trust me, I, I, I know he's going to strike out a lot, but if you're putting him 
first, just because he saw the most pitches last season, you are not thinking with the right state of mind. Because <laughs> there's a guy who's 0 for 3 and struck out the majority of the time in spring training leading things off. And you have Key Brian Hayes, one of your better contact hitters, hitting third. Contact hitters, in my opinion, should be one, two, or maybe middle of the lineup. Not third. I'm sorry. Reynolds should be your third man. Yoshi should be your fourth. Gamble, maybe fifth. I don't know. But anyway, Newman and Hayes, and I hate saying Newman because I do not like the fact that he's on this team and starting right now when Bonio Cruz is in AAA kicking ass. He has, a, he has a hit and stolen base today, actually, for Indianapolis. We could field a much better team if we had a more, uh, I mean, I guess a more logical way of thinking. Today's lineup just shows that Shelton thinks he knows what he's talking about, but ultimately doesn't. And, you know, this could all come back to haunt me on Saturday. He could field the same lineup and they'll post they'll post 10 nothing against the Cardinals. That could happen. And I low-key kind of hope it does. Prove me wrong. But this lineup today, I know it's only game one and we're overreacting to hell on back, but this was an absolute embarrassment, Nathan. I know it's too early in the season to get this all this all hot and on edge about we got a long the season. Yeah, we have 161 games left. I'll I'll take a 161 in one season, but that's not going to happen. But this lineup is just just egregious, and I hope that we fix it here soon because I if, if I if I have an entire season with Daniel Vogel back leading off and Kevin Newman batting fifth, I I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I seriously just might. I, actually, I don't even know. I was going to say denounce my fandom, but I know damn well, even if I tried in the hardest, that would never help. That would never <laughs> happen. So I, I just hope that we, we clean this up down the road. This was embarrassing. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie, though. Um, I don't hate Vogelbach leading off. I mean, it's wacky and weird, but that's kind of why I like it. And it gets on base sometimes, but... Yeah, I guess what I would do, like you said, the 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 biggest glaring thing is the fact that we have to watch Kevin Newman probably get about 150 to 200 at bats before we finally get to see O'Neill Cruz, and that's the biggest thing that sucks because you look around Major League Baseball, Cruz is like the only top stud tier prospect that didn't get the benefit of the doubt. And the start on opening day, you know, you look around the league, Bobby Wood Jr. had the go-ahead double for the Royals today in his Major League debut. Um, Spencer Torkelson made the team. The list goes on and on. Just, you know, look it up on Twitter. Seeing Newman hit fifth instead of that's that's Cruz's spot. Like, it's it's so simple, yet here we are. Um, yeah, I guess lineup wise, maybe, maybe I'd go gamble leading off because that's kind of, he was there last year. I do think, uh, Hayes Reynolds in either order, that has to be your two, three and Reynolds third, that would be fine. I guess the pirates are kind of going with the put your best hitter second approach, which analytically speaking is the way to go, which I mean, I don't really care one way or another. Fourth, Yoshi, it's fine. I like Yoshi. He uh, had a nice day today with two ground ball opposite field shift-beating hits, so kudos to him. But yeah, after that, it should be. It should not be Kevin Newman. I don't know. I'm looking at it, though. Like, there's really no one. There's no one that could take that spot. You hope, like, 
power-wise, you hope that Michael Chavez could be someone with maybe 20 home run potential, put him at second base. Maybe he is the, uh, he's the power guy. You put him fifth. You got to hope that Diego Castro, uh, sorry, Diego Castillo works out a little bit here. Um, over three today and his first, his first at bat, uh, Lord have mercy on him. Just the three pitch, slice him up, dice him up, strike out from the old man Wainwright. You can't fault Castillo there. He just got just, you know, he got taken to school basically. But you have to hope that Castillo is something. And maybe he could be a guy that leads off or maybe he rounds out the the bottom of your order, maybe sixth or seventh. But Cruz needs to come up. And he needs to be in the middle of the lineup. Honestly, like if I if I had to do it right now, I would go I'd go Gamble first, then I would go uh Reynolds, then Hayes, two, three, Yoshi fourth. Fifth, I'd probably put Cruz. Uh I don't I don't really care about the lefty, lefty, you know, lefty followed by lefty. Whatever. It's fine. He'd be fifth, he'd be playing shortstop. Then I'd probably go Chavis to add a little more bit of power. Cool Tucker, ah, man, I'm rooting for him, but it's just once again game one, yeah. But just watching him ground out, ground into double plays, his stance does look a little different. So maybe, maybe, but he's still Cool Tucker. Um, he he's he's got to be a bench player. I'd I'd put Chavis six in in right field, maybe. Maybe Cole Tucker bats last, and maybe he's at second base instead of Hoy Park. Which Hoy Park not not great defensively. That play in the first inning, it was a hard line drive. A good second baseman makes the play, saves a run there. Maybe the game ends up differently after that momentum play. But who's to say? I don't know. It's a, it's just a toss up between crap. They're all crap. There's nothing. There's nothing good on this team. I'm sorry. And <laughs> whether it's Kevin Newman batting fifth. Or Cole Tucker batting fifth, or Ben Gamble batting fifth, or Hoy Park. Like the list just goes on and on. Like Cole Tucker is Kevin Newman, is Hoy Park, is Josh Van Meter, is Michael Chavis. Like they're all the same guy. That's just, I can't get too mad, I guess. It's just funny to look at. But yeah, they're just all bad. Maturing is realizing that the Pirates are just total ass. Yeah, uh, I guess we could talk about their new signing, though. The Pirates brought in a very awesome high. No, they didn't. They brought in Jake Marisnik, the <laughs> outfielder. Uh, he hits lefties a little bit, and he's pretty solid defensively, so maybe that's a platoon with Ben Gamble. I don't know. But Jake Marisnik, one year, $1.3 million. He's, I mean, add him to the list of Michael Chavis and Hoy Park and whatever. Like last season, his line was 216, 286 with a 661 OPS. He had five home runs and 176 at bats. Like just add him to the list, throw him at the wall, see if he sticks. That's, I mean, maybe he brings some championship DNA to the team. Like he just sucks though. He'll bring a, if he does well, he'll bring a lottery prospect. If not, it's not like we spend much money on him. It's the uh, same thing that we hear every, every year as a pirate fan. 
<laughs> I love how aggravated we are, and it's only day one. Oh, yeah, boy. I mean, I like because you know how opening day goes. Opening day, it is every every fan of every team gets to have a wide eyed, optimistic. Yay, it's opening day. Let's see what the team's made of. Anyone can win on opening day. At least last year, the Pirates won on opening day. That was fun. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy how how reality just hits you like a ton of bricks in the first inning of the first game, and you're just like, oh crap. Yeah, this this is the team I watch. Yep. All right, I remember now. This yeah. is that, and it's just. It is depressing. It really is depressing. But O'Neill Cruz is coming, maybe at some point this year. Who knows? You just you just have to hope. You have to hope that you have to hope and pray that Cabrian Hayes breaks out and Brian Reynolds continues to Brian Reynolds and Yoshi is like a slightly above league average hitter. Because if not, we might be staring 60 and 102 down the barrel once again, and that would just absolutely suck. And then that's when it would be time for me at least to start to have my doubts about where the uh, organization is going regime wise, because I get it. Tanking is necessary and stocking up the farm system is necessary. And it's a long, hard, terrible, sad process, but you know, you look at some of these other teams that have gone through this process, such as the Astros. They're the kind of golden child of, of this process. At least they added pieces when it was time. And I don't know. And the Cubs were the other golden child of tanking and, and uh, getting good. They added pieces when it was time. And I just... I don't know. This this winter was a really solid opportunity to add pieces because it was time. Maybe not to win, but to at least take a step forward. But here we are. It's opening day, and there's just there's a lot of bad players. And for our little for our little uh, article, the Bucks dugout staff with our predictions, our little blurbs. I kind of cited the fact I was like, man, if you look at last year's roster, there was a ton of bad players. So they're all gone now. Maybe the Pirates will be better, but they just replaced them with other bad players. And I feel like I might be having the same, the same conversation next year. We'll be, we'll be saying, well, if you think about it, the 2022 Pirates had Josh Van Meter, Daniel Vogelbach and Boy Park and Michael Chavis, and they're all gone now. And they're replaced with insert other quad A crap players here in I don't know. It's only one game. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but oh wow. Well, it's better to get ahead of yourself, especially on the, the way we've been talking, rather than being like, oh, you know, it's only one loss. You know, there's still a long season. I think we'll be a lot better. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to put put it into words just how badly this season's going to be. I completely ignored your Marisnik thing. I'll just sum it up with this. He's nothing. He uh, he's just another Jake. Welcome to the city. You know, Jake Crowds, Jake Halodnik, and now Jake Marisnik. Congratulations. We have we have that. That's pretty much it. Unless he can somehow be this star, this Gold Glove defender when when he plays. I I don't know. But Andrew Knapp, the other signing. Oh, true. I forgot about him. Yeah. Take so did everybody else. Um, 
but I was talking to my buddy who's a Philly fan. Nap came from the Phillies. Offensively, sucks, but apparently he built a good connection with Aaron Nola, and that's that's half the battle when you're a catcher is establishing a good reputation with your pitcher because it not only it, it makes uh, it makes the pitcher look good, and that's the number one job of the catcher. Um, so I mean. He's there to back up Perez. Perez is going to be your main starter. Knapp's not going to really do much if he can somehow establish a good connection with, I don't know, Mitch Keller or Jose Quintana. Um, good for him. But, uh, yeah, n- no, no, uh, nothing positive to say about him. Yeah. This podcast, too, is kind of doubling as our predictions podcast. So just give me a win prediction right now, real quick. Yeah. I think in my article I had 72, but after today, Ooh, I'm going to go. I don't with- know. I'm going to go with uh, 59 today, after today. Oh, man, what a shift. <laughs> well, can, can you blame me based off the way we play? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I said 69. and Nice. Yeah, that is nice. And I'm going to stick with 69. Like I said, I'm not going to let, let this game take hold of what I think. I do think that this division is really crappy. And the Reds are going to suck, and the Cubs are going to suck. And in general, like the top dogs of this division kind of suck when compared to other top dogs of other divisions. I guess the Brewers are up there, and they have aspirations of winning the World Series this year. At least pitching-wise, they're a top-tier team. But like the Cardinals aren't that great. And when you look at it, like I think... I think the Giants are better than any team in this division. I think the Dodgers are obviously better than any team in this division. I think the Padres, maybe not better than the Brewers, but I think the Padres are better than the Cardinals. And then in the East, the Braves are good, probably better than any team in this division. And uh, the Mets are trying to be good, and they should be on paper, but they're already messing it up. So we'll see what happens with them. But the division, I just think, is not that great. So I think 69 wins is fair. And, yeah, I, I do joke about these quad A-ish players on the roster, but I'm still holding out hope that maybe one of them can flourish. Just give me one. Just give me one out of Cole Tucker, Hoy Park, Kevin Newman, Michael Chavis. Give me one of them to break out. And I'm not even saying break out to be a star I'm saying just break out to be a, an everyday player, like a legitimate two-win player. And we have saw that. We saw that from Kevin Newman a few years ago, but I'm not going to hold my breath. He, honestly, I think Kevin Newman might be – he might be at the top of my list when it comes to all-time most frustrating players to ever watch as Pirates. He might be up there, but uh, that's besides the point. And on the pitching side, yeah, Brubaker looked like crap today, but everyone else looked pretty solid besides Fletcher. But I think Fletcher is like the he's like the 26th man on the roster. I don't really care that much what we get out of 88 mile an hour of throwing Aaron Fletcher with his assortment of loopy, slurvy, curvy balls that just get annihilated. They're like 70 miles an hour, but that. Aaron Fletcher, like, he got lit up, but I don't really care about that. The game was over anyway, so, you know, you hope, you hope once once again, Mitch Keller, he's pitching um, Saturday, I believe. Um, 
my tone is really going to change with Mitch Keller on Saturday. If Mitch Keller comes out and has a JT Brubaker performance, I don't know what I'm going to do because that would just, that would just ruin my weekend to be, to be honest, but he's coming out Saturday and then Sunday surprise Wilson, whatever Zach Thompson. Oh wait, no, no, Zach Thompson's pitching Monday, the weird rare four game series with a, Day off in between. Zach Thompson's pitching Monday. I'm actually, I have some pretty high hopes for Zach Thompson. And uh, I didn't get to really watch him pitch a lot in spring training. But I think he needs to be solid. He needs to be like a solid fourth starter this season for the Pirates. And um, obviously the home opener will be Jose Quintana, which, I mean, the Pirates are selling tickets for $4 for a reason. And, uh I, I wasn't able to snag one of those $4 tickets, sadly, for opening day. But, yeah, I, I don't know. The pitching was a little rough today, but not, not like, terrible, terrible. Just pretty bad. Yeah, and we can only hope that Mitch Keller comes out and does better on Saturday. I mean, you, we have it on, on recording, and you have heard me multiple times this spring about how my attitude is somewhat changed on Mitch Keller based off his performance in spring, but I'll tell you what, if he puts up a Brubaker esque outing on Saturday, my town is going to go right back to where it was last It'll year. It'll be gone. It will be absolutely tarnished, and I will never watch spring training again because it got my hopes up way too much. But Oh, yeah, spring training. I mean, the Pirates hit home runs in spring training. That in itself could just tell you that it's a whole sham, but – uh yeah, the Pirates shut out today, 9-0. They got three more games against the Pirates. Looking here, I guess I guess we could do a little series preview here like we've done in the past. Uh, looking here at the pitching matchups, I told you the Pirates pitchers, but Saturday, Mitch Keller against Miles Mikolas. I think that that is a chance to go in the Pirates' favor. Uh, Sunday, Bryce Wilson, as I said, against Steven Matz. Steven Matz isn't that great. And I will say, too, Steven Matz, left-handed pitcher, Diego Castillo better get into that game because a majority of his home runs came against lefties. I think he's just going to mash lefties at the very least. And if he's like a platoon something against lefties, that would be cool. And on Monday, Zach Thompson, excuse me, against Dakota Hudson, who's coming back from Tommy John surgery. So pitching wise, they're, I mean, these aren't, the Pirates aren't like terribly outmatched. They're, they're probably going to be slight underdogs in all three of those games, but pitching wise matchup, I think, uh, pitching matchup wise, sorry, I think that, Pirates will be able to hold steady with the Cardinals for the remainder of the series. Yeah, if I have to give some solid predictions, I'll say Keller wins Saturday. I want to give him as much credit. I, I want to give him as much credit as possible based on his spring, so I'm going to at least say that he picks up the win on Saturday. Mm. Um, Sunday, I'll say the Pirates win it, but it'll be in late fashion. Wilson will be okay, but the bullpen will pick up the win. Um, and then Thompson against Hudson. I, I love Zach Thompson. He's a friend of Buck's dugout. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be that Sunday or is he, you said he's pitching Sunday or Monday? Monday, Monday, but it's the last game of the series. It kind of feels like a Sunday. So we might see the Sunday lineup that we normally saw last year. I'm going to say he pitches good, but he doesn't have the offense to back it up and he just takes a, 
he takes a loss, but it's not his fault. So I'm going to say that we split it two and two with the cards, and Keller will probably be the only starting pitcher to pick up the win. All right. The, I like the optimism. I think the Pirates are going to win one out of the next three, and they will be one and three heading into the home opener against the Cubs. Um, I hope they can win at least one of these games in St. Louis. All of these games are going to be at 2.15 Eastern time. You'll be able to watch those. And I guess we can wrap things up there, huh? I'd say so. For Brian Hayes, set or eight years, $70 million. That is the highlight of probably the season at this point. It's probably going to be the highlight of the season just having him around, but uh, eight years, $70 million with an option. I, I'm not sure the figures on the option quite yet, but uh, good for him. Glad to see it. It's, it's huge. It's a huge step for the pirates in maybe at some point getting competitive. We'll see, but uh, I, I love that. And Jake, we'll be back Monday to review the rest of this St. Louis Cardinal series. Yes, sir, we will. It'll be exciting, hopefully. All right, give us your Twitter real quick before we get out of here. Find me at Twitter at underscore Radio Jake. Excuse me, Radio Jake. Drive up those files. Heck yeah, and follow me as well at Nathan underscore Hirsch, H-U-R-S-H. And, of course, follow Bucks Dugout at Bucks Dugout. Got some awesome stuff there. And, yeah, we'll be back. Monday evening, recording at least. It'll probably drop uh, Tuesday. And we'll uh, we'll be talking some Buccos, Cardinals, and then looking ahead to the Chicago series. It's only a two-game series there, and uh, the home opener Tuesday, April 12th, 4-1-2 day. The game's going to start at 4-12. And uh, as of right now, fingers crossed, you never know how weather goes in Pittsburgh. It's looking like it's going to be pretty nice out. but we still got a few days out to see that, but um, hopefully, if it's nice enough, I might just snag myself a ticket. We'll see. Definitely. I'd recommend it. Would you? I mean, if you want to enjoy some baseball, <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, but, maybe uh, not. I'm, I'm going that Wednesday. so. Uh, oh, very nice. Yeah, so uh, cold icy light in the hand and... Bucko baseball. Yeah, going to need a few cold icy lights after watching what I saw today. All right, everyone, have a great rest of your day, and uh, go Buckos and peace out.